People are gonna be like, season two got way filthy. <laughs> wonder how, I was just thinking, I wonder how much of this I'm gonna let my parents hear now. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. Podcast like your parents are dead, man. That's, that's what they say. <laughs> it's not what Mark Maron says. <laughs> I'm sure I clipped the mic. That's what they say. You that's got a say. podcast like your podcast parents, like your parents are dead. My dad will love it. You're listening to the Noon 15 Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cole, and I'll take you behind the scenes of Noon 15, an independent band writing, performing, and recording original music. This season, we'll talk about the band's sophomore album, Finish What You Started, and get the story behind one song per episode, as well as the ups and downs of working around day jobs, babies, and band shakeups here in Ithaca, New York. At the end of each episode, you'll hear the song in its finished form. Thanks for listening, and welcome to Noon 15, the podcast. And we're here for Finish What You Started, album number two from Noon 15. I'm joined today by Mandy Goldman, Samuel B. Lupowitz, Harry Nichols, Joe Massa, and Phil Shea. In episode two, we're listening to and chatting about Finish What You Started. So don't leave me broken hearted. Always one of my favorites from this band, just the whole feel of it start to finish. And really, episode two here, so it's a complete 180 from the tick, musically at least. Uh, Songwriting credit to Harry Nichols on this one. Granted, they are written by two different people, but you could say that this almost speaks to the desire to have a diverse sound for this band. Yeah, I mean, it also speaks to, like you said, I think the fact that we just are have different people writing songs and yeah. the, the, the way that the music kind of unifies itself um, kind of happens when we get together to play the songs together and we practice them over time. And like, I think that's kind of where the central core sound like comes from. Sure. Even if we have these really different uh, original visions. Zeppelin, especially early Zeppelin, had this very clear influence from like Motown and Stax and like 60s R&B and you can hear that in the bass and drum performances and I feel like that's the thing that we can do that lets us get away with all the like various stylistic crazy <laughs> stuff that we do like funky groove or something that makes you move underneath and you can do whatever you want with the guitar and the voices It's a lyric heavy uh, song and it has a story to it so it's I think part of it is just making sure that the that the story is clear and that it has some intention do, to it do you want to come over I got that film it's in the DVD player where vampires all take over except for one no they're vampires like uh, so this Ooh, is that's so antiquated now sorry oh yeah I know DVDs. DVD players <laughs> one, someday soon we're all gonna have to cute. explain to our children like it's in the cassette tape player. The what, Dad? VHS. You know, eight tracks. Yeah. It's in the Betamax. Betamax. Yeah. Very good. That's what we should call the, the laser disc player. <laughs> Gonna start start summing that lyric. So I started uh, imagining this song when I was in college, and I was um, sort of half dating a person who. Uh, I don't know. We we just had like it, it was the kind of thing we had chemistry, but like we just never um, got together really. And but we had lots of flirtation, and um, I eventually started seeing somebody else. And she's she, all of a sudden when that kind of happened, she um, 
reached out with this text. Um, and we all know the text, which is just like, Hey, you want to come have a movie night? Right. And, uh, at that point it was like, I had literally just gotten together with somebody else. Horrendous timing. Um, but the movie we were supposed to watch was, um, what was, I, I never did end up seeing it. Um, a, a, probably a horrible movie called Daybreakers, um, which is about vampires that have taken over the world. And like, now there are just like a few humans and like, was that before the zombie craze? They have like, vampires still? it was like kind of simultaneous. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, it was William Defoe in it. And, um, Nice. Sorry, Willem Dafoe. Excuse yeah. me. Willem. Did I say Willem? Uh, sorry, sorry, William. If you're listening. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Willem Dafoe was in it. It's sort of about that expression of like, actually, can we actually finish what we started here? Um, and as I'm writing the lyrics, the sort of, for some reason, the the movie that we were supposed to watch kind of becomes this it sort of leaks off of the DVD box and out of the DVD player and starts like consuming the world of the people in it and the speaker. And it just kind of becomes this like kind of nightmare world, um, of this probably shitty vampire movie. Um, I, I would, I would, I think it would be funnier if it actually was William Defoe because it was so bad. There's another actor. People often confuse William Defoe and Willem Defoe, but no, he's just a B actor. One of the Sheen brothers who didn't change their name. <laughs> yeah, <right. Sheen. laughs> Does anything really start? Joe Estevez, yeah. Joe Estevez, yeah. The speaker is essentially this person who I hadn't spoken to in ages and reimagining their character and, and this kind of weird surrealist world that's between the movie and the actual world that they are experiencing. I did notice that, and I'm not going to lie, it's a little creepy. The first two songs here have referenced blood sucking. Mm-hmm. And they're written by different people at different times. Yeah. It's, just, it's a little weird. Well, all these, so- all these songs we're doing sort of have a little element of that don't they? <laughs> well, we're also all cannibals. Right. So. We do have that. I did not Fava get that memo. A nice Chianti. <laughs> yeah, we know you didn't, Dan. We did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. That's why we asked you here for dinner. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us at Dan Cole's last podcast interview. <laughs> they waited till the second one, hoping I would fatten up a little bit over the last one. Sorry, guys. Never happened. Yeah. 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 Damn it. And we know you're still tender, don't you? <laughs> So when we did the the last podcast, Harry, you talked a bit about kind of, I think it was Annie's song in particular was like, you talked about that as being how you almost broke back into songwriting after your daughter had been born mm-hmm. and you were able to like f- really focus on it again. Yeah. So knowing that you're a father once again now, yeah. did you have a similar experience where you kind of had to break back in or are you still yeah, trying to find it? Yeah, I, I am still trying to find it. It's, it's different this time around. It's different the second time around just because I kind of knew a little more what to expect and because Fair. I've done so much adapting to songwriting while dadding, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, already. Could you get a ticket for that? Yeah, you can. You got to be careful. While dadding. I, <laughs> I shouldn't admit to doing that. Um, <laughs> this won't air for weeks. Still, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they uh, increasingly my workspace has become also my songwriting space. 
Coincidentally, I've also become a much shittier teacher in the past <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> but yeah, I have I've spent as as uh, these guys can attest, I a lot of my band emails and you know, Facebook event making and yes, like songwriting happens while I'm on my lunch break or or in the hospital or, with appendicitis. <laughs> <laughs> I bought right. a phone. I bought a, a, a new phone that's got um, some good uh, digital audio workstation to it uh, and like it's really pretty useful and that was actually kind of huge for me because increasingly my songwriting is just kind of happening on my phone in yeah. my pocket um, and in short little spurts of time yeah um, little ideas come in um, and sometimes you got to kind of rush to just pop out the phone sing them real quick I'll like give myself a little beatboxing or maybe some like just like sing a, a bass note or something so I know what chords I'm thinking about. Sure, and then sure. it can be gone for weeks. I could just let it go. And if it, it, I, I know that I've got something that I really like now, if it sticks around through all the chaos of fatherhood yeah, um, in my head and it, I feel a drive to finish it and other, otherwise it just kind of goes down in my phone and it just gets lost to time. And then sometimes later I go through that and I'm like, oh man, that was good. I Maybe I should do something with that. But that's nice. kind of how it goes now. Yeah. Do you find yourself getting frustrated at all? For sure. It's it, it, Sometimes it is really frustrating, especially when I feel that drive to like finish a song that I really think is good. Um, and I just don't really have the time to sit yeah. down with a guitar and something, an audio you know, interface. So, I mean, what I do, that's, that's why the classroom has kind of become <laughs> my creative space. It really has. Like I, I get a, like, I get a lunch, I get a prep period. Sometimes I get a team meeting that gets called off. And usually <laughs> if that happens and I, if there's nothing pressing that I need to do, I'm like doing music in my classroom. But you're not saying like, kids, give me 10 minutes. I'll be right back. No, like, okay. no, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not like leaving my classroom full of children. To, like I had a really great song idea, kids. Just hang tight. Nobody lights the room on fire. I'll be right back. Have you seen the hunger games? Do that, and I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, no, none of that. I, 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 I have a minimum of uh, professionalism for myself <laughs> that I, I try not to go below. Too it's a okay. Two drink okay. minimum. It's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Balancing um, family and work and songwriting and everything else. I just want you guys mm -hmm. to note how progressive I am that I asked that question to a man, also. Right. Oh, very so, good, yeah. Dan. It's so political. Yeah. So welcome. <laughs> So, Joe, we touched on it a little bit talking about the solo in The Tick during episode one. Um, and I think we had discussed a little bit in the last podcast, too, just about that that fine line that you walk. Like, one of the things that appealed to you about this band was more of the background role. Again, like we just talked about with The Tick, you really don't have much of an issue taking over when it's called for. Do you feel you kind of wait to be hinted at when it's your place to step in and do that? Or do you more just feel it out and go with it? Probably a little of both. Yeah. In the instance of this tune, I mean, it, it was pretty much written. Like, Harry had, did send us a demo with an, a, that made first uh, acoustic guitar lick. So don't you need me broken And uh, 
I think he was just mostly just strumming chords and singing. But um, I do remember initially having a little bit of trouble um, figuring out what to do, like in the verses and some of the choruses. So I kind of reached out to Harry and kind of I think he referenced uh, Jackson Five too. Oh, really I want you back. Like, yeah, uh, that yeah. One. yeah, that kind of stuff. So, uh, so I kind of took that and ran with it. But I mean, sometimes I hear stuff and I'll just play it, and usually. When they someone notices, they usually say something positive. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, I can't imagine you get too many like throw that one out, right? <laughs> usually, it comes from me. If like, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> like, I, I definitely play with plenty of stuff, and it makes perfect sense in my head. And then I play it, and I'm like, wow, what the hell was I thinking? But um, you know, but that's just a trial, it. a trial and error kind of thing. And yeah, but yeah, they all three of them have plenty of ideas um, as well. So I tried to make it a as collaborative a process as possible and work to fit their vision and the van band's vision and go from there. Yeah. Cool. He's got that part on the keyboard and uh, for some reason it just sounded to me like, like a 1970s like cop show or something like <laughs> yeah. the soundtrack to a 70s cop show. I wasn't doing that at first and it just like needed something for me. Yeah. And so I just started in with narr- this narration one day. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Samuel B. Lupowitz. <laughs> He's a cop on the streets. He's <laughs> one bad mother. Shut your mouth. Just talk about Sam. About Sam. <laughs> but if we, were to do, Sam if we were to do a big music video for it, I would pretty much insist on starting with a shot of you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like, and do it in on the, the like seven, with it's a scratch. It's just him stopping at various sandwich places. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Samuel B. Lupowitz, a cop on the uh, prowl. <laughs> If I got, no offense, Sam, but if I got pulled over by someone and they came out and they looked like you with a cop uniform, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty fucking funny. Oh my god. My headline was out great. Yeah, I have one, dude. Okay. No offense, Sorry Sam, but I do not respect you. Know, <laughs> you want to hit this pipe, man? I know you do. <laughs> and I always get a kick, Sam, of running down your list of instruments on a given song. <laughs> what is a seaboard, please? Oh, it's it's like a fretless keyboard. It's my new my new toy that Mandy and and my brother teamed up and got me for Christmas. The keys are these little waves, and you can bend notes and like make them sound different by sliding up and down. And I've been having a blast with it. Um, but on, so I snuck it in on this tune. It's just like right near the end in the last chorus. And it was basically cause I forgot that I wanted to ask you to do a harmonized guitar overdub. <laughs> and like, while I was mixing it, I was like, oh shit, I really wanted to try that there. So I just, just did it with the synth. Nice. Uh, but it worked. I, I got it to sit in there. It made it happy. Backing vocals are used to such great effect. One of the things about being in a band with Harry is that, like, l- doing some layered background vocal stuff. By your standards, it's pretty, it's pretty spare. sparse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but those couple of extra things that happen in the bridge really, mm. uh, they, they fill me with joy. I have a hard time um, not doing too much. You know, like I, I, I can Tell get carried. I can get carried away with it when it comes to the backing vocals. So, like, sometimes it's an effort to like just just only have what we need because I feel like if you do it too many times, people will be like, "All right, yeah, here we go. <laughs> here come the vocals. All right." It, it doesn't mean you have to layer everything all the time. Right. right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Harry's a machine in the 
in the studio with the backing vocals. Like, we'll lay down what he has planned, and then he'll be like, mm. wait, 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 wait. Can we yeah, just yeah, try yeah, this yeah. thing? I want you to sing something crazy. Comes up with quite a bit on the spot. I love yeah, the moment the- of spontaneity there. I think it's a lot of fun. That's why I need good people to, like, tell me when it's like, <laughs> n- no. <laughs> Stop. Because I will keep going. You're right. <laughs> Harry, we're not, no, we're not going to record burps. <laughs> Listen, I am never going to stop this. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> What was it on Dave Coulier? You got. I remember you saying you got to the point that when Mandy was whispering, she's whispering the, the lyrics <laughs> at different paces, at different rates. That might be. Yeah. It made it to the record, though. Yeah, yeah it did. There. No, it's it's uh, and I think Go it sounds on, good on volume one, available now. <laughs> the fact that you're maxing out a little bit more, like you mentioned, the work life is mm-hmm. suffering a little bit. Oh, does that does that play into scaling back this kind of thing, or does that really not have an effect? Because once you're in the studio. That's just what you're doing. I, I'm very fortunate to have a really supportive wife who wants me to be in the studio and wants Good me to answer, make music. Man. And uh, <laughs> husband points. No, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I think that she sees that studio time and like re- recording and making records is like a, is kind of a major aspect of my life. That Necessary is, creativity yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, really like gives my life a lot of meaning. We work it out so that I can have that space and take that That's time. That's great. And it's great. So, Phil, when do we hear background vocals from you, my friend? Mm, you know, I I just listen to what they want. And, okay, no, uh, yeah, was this album more about just getting up to speed on the drumming and then going from there? Yeah, that's really, for me, that's been a lot of this, because they... Sam has a tendency to write pretty complicated stuff, and yeah, so he puts me through my paces, and uh, so yeah, so, and oftentimes it, you know he'd like me to sing more. I'm like, let me let me try to get my feet under me here with what I'm playing. Yeah, and then fair I'll, enough. I slowly dip my toes in the singing waters, but uh, yeah, no, I've, I feel like I've been singing more. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and like this batch of three songs, they're the first songs we went into the studio with. After right. You'd only been in the band a couple of months. Right, exactly. And like they're songs we'd been playing for a while before you were in the band. I feel like soon we're getting to the point where you were involved in the creative process right, instead right, of like, right. here's what used to happen and put your own spin on it. But we like this. I think uh, for these songs, there's a lot that was already kind of, you know, laid out. <laughs> And my focus is just to be really tight, make sure the tempo is not wavering and uh, um, keeping it organic and feeling good. Uh, you know, and if Sam is smiling, I know I'm doing my job well. Uh, <laughs> it is Sam tough to make him smile, I know, yeah. So when, <laughs> when he's frowning, like... Like, okay, all right. And usually I go, like, hit myself with, like, a cat of nine tails in the back or something. Uh, just because I need to be punished when I'm making Sam frown, so. Oh, my God. Try being his wife. It's like, you know, when you get, if I get mad at him, I'm like, shit. Like, it's like being mad at a puppy. Like, you can't be mad for long. This is not delightful. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely take some liberties when it comes to Phil's. But mostly the beat's kind of there. And, and then... Uh, yeah, I'm a, my name is Phil. And, you know, no, so I was I trying like to sidestep that. You know, that, you know <laughs> I really was. So, but. Uh, he puts his own Phil. It's Phil. There are two P's. Oh, yeah. it's P F H I L. I didn't think it through. P H P 
Sorry, I didn't mean to deconstruct your bit there. Oh. Yes, and. So Finish What You Started is, of course, going to be the name of what eventually will become the fuller-length album, Why Finish What You Started. Or was it more just, this felt right, is it kind of a completion of volume one in your eyes? You know, what, what's really behind that? Well, conceptually, like what we're doing with this, instead of like waiting and putting out a whole album at once, all these songs go together and more songs are going to come that go together and gradually a picture will reveal itself of the complete work that is this collection of songs. Day one with this band, we were talking about finding fun new ways to put out music. I was very, very adamant yes. about having the next album be volume two because like it just bothered the shit out of me to have volume two like indefinitely. Like, I don't know when this is going to happen. <laughs> Who knows what might. Sam and I were both like, no, we don't want there. To, we want there to just be a volume one because we love the implication. Of, of unfinished business. That's why I thought finish yeah, what you started, exactly. right? Maybe. There was a little bit of that. So there was like <laughs> there was like just enough symmetry to like make our like literary brains happy because people keep being like, the next one's gonna be volume two, right? And I'm like, no. And they're like, what? Why? <laughs> as long as there was a two, I would I would have been okay. I didn't need a three after yeah. three or four or whatever. There has to be a two. So finish what you started is Mandy Goldman on lead vocals, Samuel B. Lupowitz on Wurlitzer organ tambourine, seaboard and background vocals, Joe Massa on electric and acoustic guitars in this one, Harry Nichols on the bass and backing vocals, and Phil Shea, of course, on the drums. The title track off Finish What You Started from Noon 15.
Thanks for listening to the Noon 15 podcast. Visit Noon15.com to subscribe and for more music, videos, and info on upcoming shows. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Tune in next time for another trip behind the scenes with Noon 15.